0: So you've made up your mind, you're having a destination wedding, yay! So here's the all-important question, where exactly are you tying the knot? Hello, I'm Debbie, you're listening to the Hitched Away Audio Guide. Thank you for joining me. This audio guide is all about planning your dream destination wedding please visit HitchedAway.com to get the inside scoop. And if you'd like to receive a short and sweet email when the next edition of Hitched Away, the audio guide that is, is available, why not, why not subscribe to my VIP email list? Simply visit HitchedAway.com slash VIP. Okay, so... The location of your destination wedding determines the mood, the travel, time, and expense for your big day. And today, I'd like to help you figure it all out. Before you start the decision-making process, I want you to understand that your decision includes three parts. The destination, the property, and the site. So the destination is where on the map are you going? which country, which island or state, if you're here in the U.S., which city. The property is the actual place, the resort, the park, the hotel, the villa, the banquet facility, the historic plantation, the thing that is owned by someone, either personal or private, where you will get married. And then there's the site or the spot, and that's the physical place within the property where you'll actually say, I do, where the ceremony takes place. So those are the three components of figuring out where to get hitched away. Picking the destination and the type of property, the first two things for your wedding, they go hand in hand. And we'll talk more about the site, the actual spot. I think that's better suited to another segment. So the first thing, And someone says, you know, I think we want to get hitched away. I think we want a destination wedding. We're not sure where to go. So take a moment to dream about the atmosphere that you have in your mind. Warm weather, swaying palm trees, or are you thinking crisp air on top of a mountain? Two very different scenarios, but two idyllic settings for your destination wedding. And once you have that vision... Once you decide on that setting in your mind, then we work on creating a short list of destinations that fit that vision. And then you have to narrow things down beyond that. So in this instance, because I'm familiar with the Caribbean, with destination weddings, I'm going with that. Sorry. (laughs) Or maybe not sorry, but it's important to realize a basic thing. And I'm going to throw it out there. And I know you're going to say, yeah, of course, Debbie. But for a destination outside the United States, and its U.S. territories, everyone needs a passport. You, your wedding guests. This may or may not be a deal breaker. And what you'll find a lot of the times with this audio guide is that I'm asking questions. And that's that's the only way for us to get to the point of you narrowing down what it is that you want. So sometimes it's not a hard and fast where I'm going to say, you should do this or do that. But I'm almost always going to ask you to questions because I want you to think and then your answers help me help you decide in this instance where it is you want to get married. So getting back to this temperature thing, what is your ideal outdoor temperature? Of course, we want good weather for your wedding. And if you listen to segment number five, so that's hitchedaway.com slash 005, that's all about choosing a date. And during that segment i talk about considerations with regard to the season but this is a part of figuring out where you want to go not just when but where the climate is english going to be the primary language of the place where you're going to most parts of the caribbean yes but not always a given if you are planning on marrying in europe many european countries english is spoken but it may not be the primary language is that going to be an issue could be, not necessarily, but it's something to consider. How long does it take to get there? If you are in the U.S., let's say I'm in the Washington, D.C. area, and let's say you are planning a destination in Niagara Falls That sounds kitschy, but I am dying to plan a destination wedding in Niagara Falls for a client. So if that's on your short list, give me a call. I know it's not the Caribbean, but ever since I saw Pam and Jim on the office, it kind of just got the, okay, enough of that. So (laughs) how long does it take to get there? Because if you're going from the East Coast to the Caribbean, that's a flight, at least. Some flights are direct, depending on where in the East Coast you're flying from. Other times it may just be you've got to change planes. So and not only how long does it take to get there, how often do flights leave and how many airlines fly to the location? That that helps. And if you're in the US, in the States, flying may not even be necessary. It may just be a drive, a long drive or a train ride or a bus trip can you and your guests afford to pay for travel to that destination so it's still talking about the place that you have that you're dreaming of warm tropical area you're thinking and you may you know when when you're thinking of a destination let me back up a bit you know you you t- take out a map or go online i don't know if anyone's still looking at paper maybe it's only me or you know or 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 spin spin the globe look at the Look at the places that that fit that warm weather or that mild weather or that winter atmosphere that you're thinking of, and then you're going to sort of narrow things down. So again, I've coming. I'm using the Caribbean as the place that I'm thinking of. Can your you and your guests afford to pay for travel to that destination? Now, if it's just the two of you, meaning you're eloping, that's a different ball game. You're just concerned about your expenses. But with a destination wedding. Traditionally your guests will pay their way. They pay for their round trip airfare and they pay for their accommodation. So this has to be a consideration if you plan on inviting family and friends to your big day. How easy is it to legally marry at your destination? Hmm, something to think about, right? Each of the the Caribbean is made up of about 30 or so different countries and they each have their own guidelines and marriage requirements. Some countries make it super easy. Others, based on the requirements, you kind of get the impression that they really don't want you to get married there because you're jumping through so many hoops. And I'll talk about that a little further on. But how easy is it to do that? And by the way, there is an alternative. If, getting, if the process to get married at your location is not super easy, there is a way around that. And I'll explain that shortly. But getting back to these things to consider, what type of atmosphere do you have in mind for the wedding? So outside of the temperature, you know, are you planning on, do you want your guests to have a really great time, like party central with lots to do? Or are you thinking something more relaxed and laid back, just kind of taken in what's going on? Or are you interested in seeing what it's like to live like a local? That seems to be a very popular thing right about now so what kind of atmosphere do you want as you're trying to as you're contemplating places for your destination wedding it's important to point out the places and regions that you should avoid so I'm not going to specify any countries that's not what I'm here to do but there are things that should be a red red flag for you for example war or civil unrest not the ideal place for your destination wedding A place that's identified as having a high crime rate may not be the best place for your destination wedding. Undrinkable water. We may take that for granted here in the United States. There are some countries where that is not the case. That may not be the best spot for your destination wedding. And even if the place, the destination that you're thinking of, doesn't fall under any of those things that I've just mentioned, If something has happened fairly recently and there are lingering effects of, say, a natural disaster, that may not be a place to consider for your destination wedding. How do you keep track of those things, those those, those places and regions to avoid? I would suggest checking with the Department of State, and they issue travel warnings and consular information for pretty much any place that's on the globe. So if you check the Department of State, and I'll put the link for that in the show notes for today's episode, which is hitchedaway.com slash 006. So you can check the State Department. So that's the destination thing you've got to consider. The The next part of figuring it out is the property and or the venue. And what I'm referring to, think of it as the address that would go on your wedding invitation. That's what I'm referring to. So you figured out the country or the state, or the city. Now we're looking for a property where you will actually have the wedding. And this, again, is determined by the destination. And the reason why you have to think of the property now is certain destinations only have certain type of properties. Or the property that you're thinking of may not be available at the destination you're thinking of. What the heck are you talking about, Debbie? So most destination wedding couples choose a hotel or a resort that has the facilities and the staff to host a wedding. This makes everything related to planning your wedding much easier. It's less stressful when you're man if you have to manage details from miles away, which is what you're doing if you're getting if you're having a destination wedding. You want it to be as, as as easy as possible because you don't have the the benefit of stopping by the venue and looking at the space and speaking one-on-one with the person that's going to be providing the food. All of this is happening from a distance. And a lot of resorts have made this easier by putting everything together and providing a system for you that is almost seamless. With a hotel or resort wedding especially with an all-inclusive, you get to know your costs up front. And I'll talk about that in a bit, just a moment. But this is just, again, one less thing for you to have to worry about when you're planning a wedding from afar. Because when you're planning a hometown wedding, you may have an idea of what your budget is, you should have an idea, but the costs vary, because you're ordering each item separately, photographer, cake, flowers, unless you're getting married at a facility that puts all of that together for you, then you'll understand the beauty of a package. And a lot of resorts and hotels for destination weddings, especially in the Caribbean and in Mexico, do this. But that's not the only option. And this is not for everyone. Not every couple getting married wants to do so at a hotel or a resort. But for those that do, there are basically two types of hotels all inclusive and traditional in the caribbean and mexico you will find all inclusives not so much in the us not so much in europe not really in hawaii puerto rico or in the us virgin islands you may find a few but that's not the case in the caribbean or mexico that's the that's the majority of the hotels many many of them are all inclusive Although I'll contradict myself, some islands don't. I mean, for example, Curacao. Not going to find too many all-inclusives on that island. Grant, uh, the Cayman Islands, all-inclusive, not really, not happening. But a lot of the other islands, that is the case. And this, and all, and why? Be, why do people do all-inclusive? Because really, this is the most cost-effective option for a group, which is what your wedding will be if you have guests attending your destination wedding. You're bringing a group to one location, food, drink, lodging, sports, and entertainment for one price. And it all happens in the confines of a protected property. If you've ever stayed at an all-inclusive resort, it's almost impossible for anyone to walk in from the outside. You're, You're confined within the perimeter of that resort. And many all-inclusive resorts also offer free weddings. It's a basic wedding ceremony only. And if you'll get the free wedding, you qualify for the free wedding if a minimum number of room nights are met. And I talked about this in guide number five, hitchedaway.com 005. So the Caribbean and Mexico are both home to all-inclusives. And they run from basic to extravagant. The caveat is that your guests need to stay on resort. If you're having an all-inclusive wedding, everyone's staying at the same spot. There are day passes that are an option, meaning for someone who's not staying on the resort, they can just pay for the privilege of being just there for the one day. But part of the fun with a destination wedding is that the group stays together. So that's that's part of the fun, and that's also part of the simplicity in having a destination wedding at an all-inclusive resort. You have lots of options, but some are better than others when it comes to an all-inclusive resort and the wedding department. That's what I mean. There are a handful that you shouldn't even consider for your destination wedding. I'm not going to name names give me a call. I'll help you figure it out. Again, the all-inclusive resort, just so you know, is not something you'll easily find in the United States. Although recently, as I record this, there is an all-inclusive that opened up in Florida, in the Florida Keys. And I'm eager to go and check that out to see what that's like for destination weddings, assuming they have a destination wedding package. So, All-inclusive may or may not be for you because there are some downsides. Again, a lot of couples who plan destination weddings, I'll say as much as 80% do the all-inclusive thing. Your options are limited. Everything's sort of packaged for you. The the resort determines what you you get for your money. And the other thing to think about is that your guests are paying their own way for your wedding with an all-inclusive resort. They're basically subsidizing the cost of your wedding. And you have to think to yourself, are you okay with that? Usually with a wedding, you bear the brunt of the cost. Your guests come, they'll bring you a gift, but they'll come and enjoy on your dime. Destination wedding, it's a big investment for your guests. So that's something you've got to think about, especially with an all-inclusive anyway. So outside of all-inclusive hotels, there are traditional hotels. So it's a place where your guests can stay. Not the all-inclusive pricing, but they can also handle your wedding too. And you'll find that smaller, boote- smaller hotels, sometimes uh, boutique hotels is the, is the term you'll hear, fall under this umbrella. And there are actually some big hotels, major hotel chains like the Marriott, Hilton, that, are, that have a presence. They're a big hotel, but they, they're not all-inclusive. The, the, the cost per night is for the room meals, drinks, everything else is extra. And hotels like this can also accommodate your wedding because what they have in common with the all-inclusive is they offer wedding packages. Now, just to give you a, use this term and I, I know I'm going to have to devote an entire segment to explain what a wedding package is, but just basically, this is a bundle, a list of services for one set price. So you'll usually get Include for a wedding package at a hotel, whether it's traditional or inclusive, you'll get help with from an uh, an on-site wedding team. You'll get help with your marriage document preparation. Usually, an officiant is included. There'll be a venue, a spot for your ceremony. Oftentimes, there'll be flowers. Usually, a small bouquet, boutonniere, a simple cake. Usually, just one layer, one tier. Pre-recorded music for your wedding. The services of a photographer, usually you actually have to pay extra for the prints, but you'll, you'll have a photographer there to, to capture the moments for your wedding. And oftentimes there's some sort of sparkling wine for toasting. That's usually what comes with a basic wedding package at a hotel, whether all-inclusive inclu- all, all or standard or traditional in the Caribbean and also in Mexico. If you want more, then you get to upgrade your wedding package or you go to an upscale property that that includes more in their package, so that's really the simplicity of planning a destination wedding in the Caribbean or in Mexico. You also have some alternative property options for your destination wedding, and you're not restric- so you 're not restricted to a wedding ceremony at a resort or a hotel. There are, are standalone properties or, or, or offsite locations. Where you can get married. So when I say standalone, meaning you, this place does not offer accommodations. You and your guests will stay at another at a hotel or a resort or a villa, but the ceremony is happening at this off-site location or a standalone property. So I'm, what I'm referring to would be like a beach wedding, but not at a resort, meaning a beach that's not part of a resort, or maybe a public state, a public or a state park. Or garden, tropical garden, private property, maybe an estate or a, a historic site or even a restaurant or a nightclub. Or in some parts of the Caribbean, you'll find some standalone wedding vel- venues. There's a great one in Jamaica, um, not far from that which is really just a venue designed for weddings. It's just a facility. Think banquet hall in your hometown, but banquet facility, outdoor facility in the Caribbean, and this is in Jamaica, and I'll have to put the link to it in the show notes. Um, Theme parks are another place where you can tie the knot at a place that doesn't have accommodation. That's an option for you. And then, of course, you have the option of having something completely bespoke, meaning You're having a wedding that resembles the style of a hometown traditional wedding at a place that doesn't really accommodate weddings on a regular basis. So what you're doing, in essence, is you're searching for a venue without accommodation. So sort of what I mentioned earlier, restaurant, nightclub. But maybe this place is more like um, just like a historic home. And you've got to find the caterer. You've got to find musicians. You must find bring rental items in because they don't have enough chairs. So each wedding service and vendor is sourced and vetted by you and or your wedding planner to help you put the wedding together. Again, this is like having a wedding at home, a traditional hometown wedding, but it's all happening at a destination. And that takes a lot more involvement, a lot more detail and can cost. It can certainly exceed the cost of a hometown wedding, but if that's what you want, that's what you envision, then you can do that. The key is finding the right property for the wedding ceremony and the reception. The other thing you've got to consider are your legal considerations. Marriages abroad or outside of the U.S. are recognized here in the U.S. as long as the marriage adheres to the laws of the country where the marriage is performed. And as I've mentioned, some destinations have gone out of their way to simplify their wedding requirements because they're trying to encourage couples and their guests to visit. So, for example, Jamaica has a 24-hour waiting period after the marriage license is issued. The Bahamas has no waiting period after the marriage license, but you've got to be on the island for one day before you get married. Compare that to a place like St. Martin, which is the Dutch side, so St. Martin is divided into two, two sides. One island, you've got St. Martin, the Dutch side, and St. Martin, the French side. So the Dutch side has a 10-day residency requirement. You've got to be on the island, or at least one of you has to be on the island for 10 days before you can get married. I won't even mention the, what the requirements are for the French side. So that's what I mean where there are some variances. And just to give you an idea, you know, if you decide to get married, you may see pictures and images of, of a idyllic wedding in France. In France the res- in France and Europe the residency required requirement to get married is 40 days, 40. Hmm. So, <laughs> those are the things you've got to consider. If you want to legally be married at the destination, you've got to find out what the requirements are. Unfortunately, most Caribbean nations, along with parts of Mexico, do not recognize same-sex marriages. Overall, countries with a Dutch or French influence won't even bat an eyelid for same-sex couples. But, but, some countries that are LGBTQ friendly do not legally recognize same-sex marriage. And as I record this, Curacao is an example of that. Curacao gladly welcomes same-sex couples. It's a place I would send, send you to if you're in a same-sex relationship easily. However, they have yet to legalize same-sex marriage. So you cannot legally be married if you are of the same sex in Curacao. There are rumblings that that's changing. So hopefully as you're listening to this, I'm giving you old news. So the key really is knowing what the laws and requirements are for the place that you're going to. If you're a same-sex couple, you've got to really do your homework. But typically, what's required in order for you to get married legally is that you've you got to meet the area requirements to get a marriage license, just like you have to do here in the U.S. There are requirements to obtain a marriage license. And then you've got to show up together in person to get the license. And then once you do that, you participate in a ceremony that's led by an officiant who has the credentials to officiate weddings in that country. So here in the United States, I'm a civil celebrant. I can can marry the two of you in most states, I think with the exception of Virginia, maybe two or three others beyond that. But I couldn't marry you if we would get if you are doing the destination wedding, say, in St. Lucia or in Jamaica or the Bahamas, I'm not I don't have the credentials to do that there. So the ceremony part is important that the officiant who's leading that ceremony it has the credentials to do so at that location. And the items that you would need for your marriage license vary. But for the most part, you need proof of ID, which is normally your passport, maybe birth certificate, driver's license. If, if this is an encore wedding for either you or your other half, meaning one of you has been married before, you need to pr- provide either a, a divorce decree or a death certificate, depending on the reason why you're no longer married. And then you'll have to pay, no doubt, a fee. There's filing and paperwork fee. And in some instances, this has to be cash. So those are the basics of getting a marriage license. And of course, each country has its own specifics for what it needs precisely. And in addition to that, there's always the possibility, depending on where you're getting married, that there's some sort of medical exam. Although most of the countries are doing away with that, maybe a blood test or a chest chest x-ray. As I've mentioned, a residency requirement. And that's a rule that requires you both to stay in the destination for a minimum number of days. In some instances, it's weeks or months before the wedding can take place. Proof of citizenship. There may be witnesses that are required. Paperwork processing fee. Document translation if you're if the documents you have are in one language, but you're getting married in a country where that's not the primary language. So those are things that might be necessary. The The suggestion I have for most of my clients, no matter where they're getting married, is to consider just to get married here. What are you talking about, Debbie? We're talking about destination weddings. Well, what I mean is that to avoid this conundrum of being legally married, consider marrying legally in a civil ceremony here in the US before or if you're inclined immediately after your destination wedding trip keep it on the down low keep it secret if you choose to i mean you can tell others because many couples don't even consider a marriage until they go through the whole you know hoopla of a ceremony and what this means is that the ceremony that you will have at your destination would simply be symbolic The two of you will already know that you've been legally married here. And that eliminates having to go through residency requirement, paperwork, and so forth. If the destination you're choosing or thinking of wants you to jump through a lot of hoops to be legally married. So a symbolic ceremony is certainly an option. So what to do, what to do, what to do. Here here are some suggestions just to get started. on on finding the destination that you want. Talk to your family and your friends who have been married, especially if they've been married away, they've had a destination wedding, or even if they've just simply vacationed someplace. Talk to them. Get their opinion. Get their feedback. Look at online reviews, you know, best of or places to get married and things like that. The tourism boards for individual countries are great. If you've narrowed it down, they have a lot of information, specific, especially about marriage license requirements. You'll also get a lot of details about hotels and resorts and attractions. But just keep in mind, um, when they're spotlighting or featuring a place or hotel, sometimes these hotels have simply paid to be there, meaning it's not always an endorsement of this is a fantastic place to go. Just take that with a, is it a pinch of salt or a grain of salt? But you get my drift, right? And then talk to wedding planners, talk to someone like me, talk to your travel agent to get an idea of the destinations, to find out what's really going on. When's the best time to go? Is it a safe place to go? If you're a same-sex couple, are are we going to be welcome there? Those are the questions you want to ask if you do not have the answers and to get feedback from someone who knows. So a lot to think about. But really, as with a lot of things that I've told you, I just want you to start thinking. I want you to start getting some answers to questions that's going to force you to really ask questions so that you can get the answers you need so you can get the, the right decision made. I mean, I've totally cocked that sentence up. But just to ask these, force yourself to answer these questions to get the results that you want. Maybe that was a better way of saying it. So I hope this helped. If you're based in the United States, especially if you're in the Washington, D.C. metro area, hey neighbor, and you'd like additional information about planning your dream destination wedding, or maybe it's a vow renewal ceremony miles away from home, please get in touch. I might just be able to help you. Of course, visit hitchedaway.com slash contact, and you'll find the option to either write to me or call me i can't wait to hear from you i'm waiting to hear from you okay for show notes and links to any of the resources mentioned today i'll put the information about the uh state department for example anything else you've heard on this on on today's segment this is segment number six so please visit hitchedaway.com slash zero zero six okay All right. I'm so glad you joined me today. I went over, I try to keep this under 30 minutes. This is a little longer, but I had a lot of information to share with you. But as always, thank you so much for listening. Take care. You've just listened to another edition of the Hitched Away Audio Guide. If you'd like to receive a short and sweet email when the next edition of the Hitched Away audio guide is available, why not subscribe to the VIP email list? Visit hitchedaway.com slash VIP. I'm Debbie. Thank you for listening. Talk soon.